morning. Thank you, Chuck. Um, so um, this morning, just put your hand on your belly. Um, you know, Reinhard Bonnke said to me when I went to his school of evangelism, he said, all you have to do is let the lion out. So I try to purpose every day to unlock that gate and, and let the lion out. So this morning, I just want you to say, lion, come out. Lion, come out. Yeah, because that's who we are. <laughs> Woo! You know what? If we lived that reality, we would sincerely be the weirdest people on the earth. <clears throat> and that's what we're supposed to be. If you ever read the book of Revelation, my, my daughter read the book of Revelation for the first time the other night, and she said, what is that? The, the, all of those animals that are up there, and I said, exactly how imaginative and creative is our God? He's not limited by creating just a normal, oh, I think I'll have a dog in heaven. No, I have an idea. Let's get a dog and cover him in eyeballs. <laughs> And let's command those eyeballs to gaze at me day and night. And they begin to be burning and on fire. So I just want that kind of creativity in my life. So I'm like, God, woo! More eyeballs. Praise the Lord. All right, so um, I'm really excited about the word this morning. You know, we, um, the young Kipper was yesterday. And... Um, uh, we just passed the Jewish New Year, and we spent about 10 days in the Days of Awe, which is a time of reflection uh, for the Jewish people. But don't you know that we, um, God's people, we all go by God's calendar, which is the Jewish calendar. So over the past couple of weeks, I've really been in prayer seeking the Lord. Um, my friend Jason Hooper, our friend, uh, the friend of our house, Jason Cooper, called me up, and he said, um, Tracy, I believe that... Um, the Lord has something for you in these 10 days. And um, the Lord continued to speak to me about Habakkuk. And, um, and I, I, I would not only was he talking to me about Habakkuk, but he was talking, he had several people uh, send me text messages in one day about Habakkuk. And I said, okay, God, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and this is what I believe that the Lord is saying about Habakkuk. Um, Habakkuk was a prophet to Judah that lived in a time of great turmoil and, and, and great evil in the land. And, um, and he was called, his name actually means um, to cling um, and to embrace. He uh, was a prophet that was embracing and clinging to God during a time of, of rising and escalating evil in the land. And so he was called not to look at what was happening around him, but to embrace God and the vision that God had given, not only to him, but had given to his people. And, and so he continued to speak the word of the Lord during that time and, 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 to, and hopefully to bring life to the people of God and get them to turn back to God. And so um, um, this morning, I believe that the Lord um, wants me, uh, I'm going to start the first of a three-part series called The Givers. Um, and, and, and I want to talk to you as a family 
Um, and I want to talk to you like I would talk to my own family, um, just like I do my kids, and because that's really how I see us. Um, you know, when when we first started this house of prayer, um, uh, the Lord through Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie's been with us from the very beginning, um, she was in prayer, and she said, I feel like the Lord wants you uh, to tell him. He's asking the question, what do you want to be? And I said, what do you mean, what do we want to be? You know, we're a house of prayer. And she said, no, but what, what's the expression of what you want to be? And, and so John and I prayed about it, and um, we just said, well, the only thing we really know how to be and the only thing we really want to be is a family. And, um, you know, so I want to talk to you this morning about the nature, the character, and the personality of what a family looks like. Because, you know, today in the, in the America, um, the family is really under attack. And, and a lot of us don't really and haven't witnessed in our, in our life with our parents or our, our grandparents or whatever, we don't really know what a real family looks like. We don't know how a family acts because a lot of us came out of so much dysfunction. And so I wanted to um, talk about this and, and, and lend a biblical perspective of, of what a family is this morning. And so uh, turning your Bibles to Luke 6, 38. And, and um, this is going to be the scripture that we're going to be um, talking about, and, and I'm basing this um, series out of um, Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And I love this because it's a principle in the kingdom. The seeds that you sow, so shall you reap. And as you give, and to the extent that you give, it will be given back to you. So he's saying, okay, listen to me. Every aspect of your life, as you give yourself away... And there are, there are, there are a whole uh, list of ways to give yourself away. As you do that, if I go five steps and give myself away in, 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 to the extent that I've been measured, one, two, three, four, five, it's going to be given back to me. And he said, and I will make you a promise that it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And it's going to be put into our bosom. In other words, it's going to be put into our hearts and it's going to actually create a garden, a, an, an abundant garden in our hearts. That's going to be overflowing. So, so he's saying, listen, and this is all based not out of obligation, Because he said, I gave to you first. I gave you my son while you were still sinners. I poured out my love to you so that then you can pour out my love to others. And so he's like, this is is the kingdom in essence. And so this morning, what I wanted to do is I wanted to tell you a little bit about who we are as a family. And, um, and I want to share with you what God, how God called us um, in this place. Um, 
I had um, coffee with Corey Russell of IHOP yesterday. And um, he's in town. He's doing a conference. And, um, and he called me up. And he said, you know, I want to get together with you. And one of the things that he said to me is, you know, um, I rarely do this. Um, and I'm like, you rarely drink coffee? <laughs> but um, he said, I just, I just rarely do this because I'm typically so busy um, ministering to and involved with, you know, the, the, the group of people. That's how I presumed what he was saying. And, and so um, he was reaching out to us, and he was reaching out to us, and I believe it was the, was the Holy Spirit that had him contact us. Because he was saying, um, what he was saying to us is he said, I want to remind you who you are. And he said to me, you know, Tracy, um, God has given your house authority over the city. Don't forget that you have authority over the city. That you have been sown in like a seed into the ground of Dallas. And that you are growing up as a tree. And even though, and I told him, I said, we've been going through some pruning. And he said, even though you've been going through the pruning, he said that the tree's still there and the, and the sprout is now coming out. And, and so it just really, it just put more, um, it's like he blew on the embers of my heart. And I knew that God was saying, it's time to come up out of the wilderness to us. It's time to come up out of the wilderness. It's time to cross over. It's time to begin to um, uh, bear fruit, and it's fruit that remains. It's time to begin to multiply yourself in this city. And so I was so excited about that. And um, and so I want to tell you a little bit about that. I want to tell you a little bit about what it is to be a family. Um, and, and I want to tell you this, because a family that is connected Say, the, say connected. connected. A family that is connected in love actually creates the soil that a tree can grow in. A family that is connected in love creates the soil that a tree can grow in. Because you cannot grow apart from me. I cannot grow apart from you. And, and, and having a spirit of independence is actually demonic. It is rooted in self-sufficiency and it is rooted in pride that, that saying that I don't need you to get me where I'm going. And I'm not going to show you who I am for fear of being judged about who I am. The Lord is saying a family is connected in good and in bad and in ugly because I will tell you what, I need you because I am very unlovely at times. And you need me because you are the same. So the person that has it all figured out, I would like Jesus to go ahead and stand up. Right? And, and I don't know about you, but you know when you get close to people, you start rubbing each other? Ooh. And it's good because it's just, it's just Jesus getting near and causing friction. And friction actually is a, it's, it's heat. It creates heat, which burns away all of that chaff, which is that self-protected layer you've got. Right? 
So to get connected, here's what you have to do. You have to contribute. Because once you begin to contribute, you actually begin to get invested. Once you begin to get invested, you begin to take ownership. Have you ever, I don't know how many of you in your family have that one person that never really, you're dragging along, you know, you're like, come on, okay, we're all having to drag you, you're not doing any of the work, you're not helping out, and one of the things that we used to say in our family is that we circle the wagons, because everybody has a, everybody has a job to do. Everybody is part of the family, and so everybody gets to participate in making the family work. Don't you know when you have one person in the family that's doing all the work, uh, and everybody else is like uh, getting dragged along, guess what happens to that one person? They get worn out. They lose their vision. They're exhausted. Their heart gets weary because nobody else is pulling their load. Amen? So we don't want to be a church where 20% of the people do all the work and 100% and of the people get carried along, right? We want to be a church where 100 uh, look, Matthew, Matthew just did this. Does that math work? Did you, <laughs> he goes, didn't you mean to say 80? <laughs> I can read your mind. We are a house of prophets. Come on, man. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> come on come on <laughs> all right so I didn't do well in math whatever you get the point <clears throat> he's a tutor he keeps saying do you want me to tutor Samuel in math and I'm like will you do it for free <laughs> uh, um, and a great example of this this morning of, of what I'm trying to say about giving this morning, Angela, um, our, one of our uh, children's pastors came up to me and she said, you know, it's funny and it's weird that she told me this because she didn't know what I was preaching on. But she said, you know, it's, it's funny because I came in this morning and I was so tired. I was just dragging in. And she said, and my friend asked me to pray for her. And I'm thinking, <sighs> okay. So she said, I prayed for her. And, and she just felt great. And I walked away and all of the sudden I was strengthened. Like I'm giving away to her, but yet I got something out of it. I actually extended myself thinking I don't have anything to give. And through that sacrifice, I actually got filled up. Come on. Amen. That's good. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, briefly, I'm going to give you uh, just a little bit of the history. I'm not going to go into it in detail. You can actually, uh, we have the prophetic history, which is very prophetic, and it's very encouraging, and a lot of you will find your own story in the story that the Lord is doing here in Dallas. I encourage you to go online under resources, and, and under resources, there's a category called series, and you'll find the history of uh, the Dallas House Prayer. So, um um, 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 <clears throat> so I was working years ago, John and I got married. I'm working, I'm a businesswoman, minding my own business, making money, 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 because that's what we love in Dallas, and that's what, you know, I was my God, and so uh, making money. I was at home one day, and as many of you have heard me say, I had hired a maid, um, a housekeeper, who uh, was going around my house with a tambourine and anointing everything with oil and speaking in tongues. Now, I had absolutely no grid for this. I, I didn't, you know, I was like, well, I have no idea what's wrong with her. 
um, and she actually wasn't a very good cleaner. Um, but, uh, right, yeah, in the heart. Yeah. So uh, she actually was cleaning my house, but she was just getting all the demons out. <laughs> So, uh, I, I was getting ready for work one day. I had a conference call with the vice president of Disney. So it was kind of a big day. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm all of a sudden I hear the voice of the Lord. Now I was going to a, uh, uh, I was a lukewarm, a pew warmer, um, the frozen chosen. I would go to church late, get there late. How many of you get to church late? <clears throat> You feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now? Okay, that's called procrastination. Um, anyway, so um, I would get to church late. I would, I would miss worship because I really didn't like worship, and I didn't want to pray. And so I would go for the message, and I had six teenagers at the time. So I would walk in, and it wouldn't, like, be... Uh, it would be so obvious when we would come in because we would walk past all these people and here are all my daughters with their big Texas hair, you know, newly sprayed with, you know, hairnet, whatever. And so we're, we'd do this. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. And and so and we would disrupt the whole thing. And um, but anyway, so we would go to church and the, and the objective of going to church was behavior management for my children so that they didn't have sex and do drugs. That was my only goal. Getting to know Jesus was whatever. I don't know. Just tell my kids what to do. So I, you know, makes my job easier. So anyway, so I hear the voice of God, and he breaks in, and he says, um, rebuild my temple. So um, again, you can go online, and you can hear about what all of that means. Um, um, but what it was is it, it, it marked me. And um, in, the, in the New Testament, Jeremy and I were discussing this earlier this week. Do you know that, that in the New Testament, there is really only one time, only one time where someone is saved through an encounter with Jesus. Every other time, it's an encounter through a person. And most of the time, 99% of the time, they get saved through community. And so this, what happened to me, marked my life and as my daughter says, mom went from zero to shofar overnight. So <laughs> I took the tambourine away from the maid and said, hallelujah. <laughs> so we had people at our house. I'm not kidding you. They were blowing shofar. They were laying all over the place. We had anointing oil. And my teenage children, of course, were coming in going, what is happening to mom? <laughs> so anyway... Uh, so I encourage you to go and uh, listen to that online. It's about a two-hour um, teaching. <clears throat> but what the Lord said to me is um, through the years, he said to me, I want you to start a house of prayer. So, so the language, rebuild my temple, he uh, began to show me uh, that he wanted me to do two things. He wanted me to start a house of prayer in this city. The second thing he wanted me to do is build living houses of prayer out of the physical house of prayer. And I'll give you an example of what that looks like. We are basically an embassy from heaven that is in this city. 
And what we do is we teach people how to be ambassadors for Christ here and go out. And so some of the questions that I had for the Lord, because we think of things in terms of the church, and we have an idea of what the church looks like. Okay, we go to church on Sunday. We hear somebody stand up there, and they teach. Um, Okay, that was good. That's good. That's part of what uh, Jesus has for the Christian life, right? But that was my only experience when the Lord began to talk to me about a house of prayer. And I had this dream. Um, actually, it was Ashley who had this dream because Lou Engel prophesied that we were going to start a house of prayer. And I'm like, dude, I'm a Martha. <laughs> I'm not a Mary. You know, I, you have got the wrong address, God. And I said to Lou Engel, I said, I thought you were a prophet. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, I build businesses. You know, I am busy, busy, busy. I'm like, I make the Energizer Bunny look lazy. You know, I mean, I'm all about doing stuff. I have got, I used to have a performance spirit. And I have to, I have to wrangle that thing down daily. Um, so, uh. Uh, Lou said, you know, you're going to start this house of prayer. And so I said, okay, Lou, we'll pray about that. So we said a short prayer before we were uh, blessing our food and thanking the Lord for our food at lunch. And what do you know? Ashley has this dream that night. And in the dream, uh, we uh, we were starting an apostolic teaching center here in Dallas. And there was a sign above, there was a plaque above the door, and it the plaque read, If you teach them to pray, you don't have to tell them how to live. And so the whole expression of church, of of coming and kind of going, okay, having that country club mentality, you know, that I'm a member and and I'm just going to come and get fed on on Sunday and then I could go back and live like hell for the rest of the week. Um, it, it, what, what I felt like the Lord was saying is that he's taking that and he's saying, I'm going to connect you to God so that it, it, every day of the week, every day of the week, you get to get connected to God. And then you can come on Sundays and other days of the week to actually be strengthened in your connection with God by getting connected with God in people. So you've got the twofold house of prayer It is a building, it is a place where we come together and worship together and we pray together and then it's also you. You are the mobile house of prayer that gets sent out from the physical house of prayer. So I asked him, why a house of prayer, God? And this is what he said, because heaven has something to say. That's why. I had this guy come up to me. I was, um, I was at Mac getting my um, um, computer fixed, and I'm sitting there minding my own business, and I had a guy walk up to me, and he goes, I know you. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he said, you're that person that does that house of Zebedee, no, it starts with a Z. What is it? And I'm like, Zerubbabel. <laughs> and that, by the way, if you're new, that's what we used to be called, but nobody could spell it or say it. So praise the Lord. He broke in and said, I'm letting you change your name. So now we're a storehouse. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And the leadership said, <laughs> yeah, they were with, they, we were all here together for seven years and still nobody could spell it. <clears throat> it has two B's, people. Um, so this, this three, two B's together. I'm sorry, three. Again, math, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody can spell it. Anyway, uh, so we, so so this guy, this guy, computer guy, this nerd, because um, that's what they call themselves, right? Geeks. I'm sorry, uh, geeks, nerds, whatever. Um, he comes up to me and he said, "You're from that house of prophets," and I said, "Yes, I am." the house of prophets that nobody can pronounce. Um, but he said, you know, my pastor at my church calls you guys the house of the prophets. And I thought to myself, you know, that's probably one of the best compliments that we can get because what do prophets do? They hear from heaven because heaven has something to say. And where are the people that, are, that have given themselves to, to listen to what heaven has to say and then take that and bring it down to the earth? I don't know about you, but, 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 but I believe that God is raising up a company of people in this city and in this house that knows how to navigate the real estate of heaven to bring what heaven is saying down to the earth. Why? Because we are in a foreign land. And if we don't understand that we are ambassadors of heaven, that this is not our home, but what we're called to do is do the Father's will on the earth, then just like Habakkuk, we're not going to be looking at the fact that there's Ebola. I don't care there's Ebola. Whatever. I have authority over Ebola. You know, so do you. And I love what Jeremy said on Thursday, and I encourage you to listen to that message. Um, and it's so true. We are not ambassadors of fear, but we are ambassadors of the truth of heaven which and the love of heaven, which dispels all fear. And we're asking God, save us. And he's like, hey, save yourself. I live on the inside of you. Come on. Church, get about releasing the word of heaven in this hour because you are the only people that I have equipped to stand between my lost sheep and, and the disease and the pestilence and the evil and the murder that is coming upon you. Come on. I love what Cindy Jacobs said in, in, in her, as she released the word and the, or the reply to the word that Rick Joyner, the dream that Rick Joyner had. She said, shields up, intercessors, shields up. It is the intercessors that make history. It is the people of God that understand how to navigate heaven and, then the, and know how to bring what is in heaven down to the earth. And if, if, if you don't know how to do this, this is a place that will teach you how to pray. Amen. And I said, why a house of prayer? And he said, because David was chosen as king because of his worship. I said, why a house of prayer? He said, because in my mercy, I have established a place of authority in this city to establish, to tear down, and to transform. 
And I said, why? A house of prayer, God. He said, because my primary goal for my people is to get connected with them, to encounter them, to be one with them. That's what it's all about. So in this house, the Dallas House of Prayer is a centerpiece of everything that we do. It is the crown jewel that God planted in this city. And we use it as a training room to train um, our, our students with EJS. And how many of you, how many students are in here? Okay. Um, how many of you learn to pray in this room? Okay. And Matthew. And me. And me. Like I said, man, you, all of us, I don't know about you, but this is basically what I do. Okay. I'm on this 24-7. I'm not kidding you. 24-7, I'm on this. And I am on every social media outlet that there is. Okay, that's a confession. It's, I, uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> but, it, but, it, but it's true. You know, you're, you're connected to people through social media, and that's just the reality of life today. And I, and I look at others, and you know there are other people that can actually do social media. They can text, and they can do all of that while they're watching TV or, and, or, or while they're on the computer or while they're, you know. So, so multitasking has become, um, we've become very adept at it in our generation. Wouldn't you agree? So, so when the Lord said, I, the way that I've chosen for you to get to me is to be still, it's like... <laughs> I sleep, you know, and even then, you know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and get busy. Oh, God is so good. (laughs) It's such a good sense of humor. So anyway, the kingdom of heaven is the opposite of the kingdom of this world. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to get us so busy then we don't have time to listen to the still small voice. And even if we did hear it, we'd think it was our own brain talking because guess what? My brain is the loudest thing in my life. (laughs) The joy of the Lord is my strength. All right. So, here's the thing. We don't look like IHOP, and most of you that are part of our family understand that. Why? Because God has given me my own personality, and, and, <laughs> and, and it's fire. It's just fire. It's just like... I love to love. I love to laugh. I love joy. I love the joy of the Lord. I love to eat. (laughs) You know, 
So this expression that God has given us and the things that he has spoken to this house are uniquely Dallas. You know, I love to preach in heels. Hallelujah. I'd like to see Jeremy Shuck do this. <laughs> Come on, ladies. You know what I'm talking about. It can't happen. <laughs> yep, there's a special anointing reserved in heaven just for women who preach the word. Amen. <laughs> I love to dance. You know, I love to dance. I love life. Listen, God did not create us to be a bunch of, uh, 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 No. Oh, what's the Eeyores? I mean, Eeyore, so depressing, right? Got the tail stuck on. He's always eating thistles. You know, Lord's called us to be Winnie the Pooh. He is adventurous. What does he have right here? A honeypot. <laughs> this is our own expression. We are called and have been seated in by God to express the Lord in our own way. If God wanted everybody to be IHOP, I mean, what would that say about the creativity of God? Remember the eyes on the dog? I don't actually know that it's a dog, but, it, but the eyes on that thing in heaven. <laughs> Honey pot. That's the only thing anybody will remember from this morning. Okay, fine. <laughs> fire <laughs> okay all right now out of the prayer room guess what sprung out of the prayer room here we were in my house and we were just praying 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 all these people started coming we had these cars and they're parked all over the neighborhood there was a sea of cars around my house all the time my poor neighbors they ended up calling um somebody to shut us down, but it was actually after we had already signed the lease to move, and it was just the timing of the Lord. So the grace had definitely lifted on the neighbors. God bless our neighbors. Can y'all just? <laughs> um, so, so what we did is, is the Lord said, I want you to start a church, and we're like, okay, all right, what does that look like? I don't know. We're got to be pastors. That's cool. So uh, we started the church. So out of the house of prayer, the church was birthed. Out of a place of prayer, out of a place of, of, of worship, God had a creative thought, and he's like, hey, I know, let's just birth this. And then out of the house of prayer, he had another creative thought. And he said, all right, listen, I'm going to continue to bring down my blueprint of heaven, and I'm going to give birth to EJS. I'm going to give birth to the Encounter Jesus School. And then he said, hey, you guys are still praying. I love that. Now, out of this place of prayer, I'm also going to give birth to Luke 4.18, which is our healing ministry. If you need deliverance, come on, that's the place to go. Of course, I don't know about you. I get delivered every time I come in here. Do you know crying is actually a, a, just a form of deliverance? When you, when you cry before the Lord, when your heart is so sensitive before the Lord that you actually begin to weep and he can minister to your heart. Why are you weeping? Because you're seeing the eyes of, of Jesus, the beautiful face of Jesus, and you're being transformed into his likeness. 
<clears throat> so my encouragement to you is you would much rather uh, get delivered through prayer rather than persecution. So I encourage you to choose prayer. I choose A. Other thing is prophecy rooms were birthed out of the place of prayer. And now, dun, da, 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 we are starting a um, elementary school. And it is called Comenia School for Creative Leadership. It's actually a school just like they have in Morningstar. Rick Joyner started it, and it's named after a man named John Amos Comenius, who is called the father of modern education. It is going to be the most incredible life-giving school. It is a kingdom school where we can raise up the sons of God and train them in how to hear the voice of God, where the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit is given authority over that place, and we're going to teach them, um, we're going to teach their minds second to awakening their spirits first. And so um, we're very excited about this. It's going to be so wonderful. We've, uh, we're going to be, uh, we'll have the, uh, the, all of the information on it in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be out there. I'll probably actually talk about it on a Sunday. Um, and so it's really exciting. So all of these things, if you think about the house of prayer as uh, a, a cog in a wheel, you know, you've got all of the spokes which are going to all of these other parts of this house. And apostolic center is all about prayer and worship. And all of the ways that God decides to, to uh, grow the city and to, and to minister to the city and bring transformation to the city is through all of the other ministries as well as the house of prayer. So I just thank God for the house of prayer. And I thank God that um, this past season he took us through a pruning in the house of prayer. And we saw a lot of our key worshipers and, and some of our prayer leaders um, leaving, but right now we, we feel the unction for uh, regrowth, and we know that because we're starting to see more worshipers come in, and, um, and it's incredible. When you train a worshiper from the perspective of hearing he what heaven is saying, don't you know it completely transforms the words that are coming out of their mouths, and the way that they are leading us in worship is fresh manna. It's fresh manna. I don't want to get up here, and I, I love, I love uh, all of the songs from all of these other people, but when heaven begins to sing, don't you know that it cuts you at your heart, and it brings encounter. Um, all right, so turn in your Bibles to Acts. Yes, we're going to use the Bible again. Turn in your Bibles to Acts uh, 242. Because I want to show you something, and then um, we're, gonna, we're going to have some uh, leaders come up here up front. Are y'all doing okay? Yeah. All right, good. <clears throat> Acts 2.42. All right, so um, you have Pentecost that's happened. You have Peter telling everybody about what, you know, why there's um, tongues of fire dancing on everyone's head. Um, and, and then it, uh, the church begins to grow. And in Acts 2.42, um, uh, 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 Luke goes in and he talks about how there's a definition to what's happening. And so he's actually talking about the form and how they began to function together. <clears throat> and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
that word common is the root word for community, okay? So they had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord, say one accord, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily all who were being saved. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord added daily. Okay, the Lord added daily to all that were being saved. All right, so what he did is he said, listen, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to define what your activities are going to look like. So the activity of the church, he said, um, he said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. You, uh, it, this is all about coming together and gathering together to hear the apostles' teachings. Okay, so you're all going to not forsake the assembling together. And so everybody's going to get together, and we're all going to strengthen one another with the, with the rhema word of the Lord, the, the now word of the Lord. And then he said, and you're going to pray. And down here in um, Acts 3, verse 1, he said, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So, so they gathered together in a place as a collective group to pray together but look up here because they also let me see if I can find it it says here that they went from house to house in in verse 46 so continuing daily with one accord in in the temple and breaking bread from house to house don't you know that's life groups So what they were doing is they were functioning together. And so they were doing life groups. They were gathering together for prayer at the temple. They were, um, I'm sure they were also breaking bread and, 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 um, and praying together where they were in, in their houses of prayer, which were, um, their life groups or, you know, when everybody gets together. And so they're basically doing life together, right? So I want you to, also, he mentions further on that they were, um, they had everything in common. So in in chapter 4 in Acts, he says again, they had everything in common. And so it was a Habakkuk moment. They had a vision. They were all in one accord in the spirit and in the natural. So there was agreement within them about what the Holy Spirit was doing, which united them together. And so they all said, this is something that I've given my life to. I have been called to run with these people to establish something in this place so that God can have his way in Judea and all of the areas, Samaria, all of the areas, in, you know, so that the first church could be birthed, right? All right, so now turn to um, chapter 6, Acts 6. In those days, Acts 6, 1. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Helenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you the seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. 
but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit and Philip. And then it goes on to list all of them in verse six, whom they set before the apostles. And then they were prayed, uh, they prayed and laid hands on them. And it says this, listen in verse seven, then the word of the Lord spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. All right, so what he did here is, is when he was establishing the church, he, he, what he did is he set the form in place. And when he set the form in place in Acts 2.42, it says that God added to them daily. However, what happened is that out of that, many disciples began to rise up, and they looked around and said, listen, this is too many for all of us. The same thing happened with Moses when the people, uh, the needs of the people became too great for one man, and the Lord said, I want you to go and call 70 of the elders, and I'm, I'm going to put the same spirit that is on you on them, and they did, and they all began to prophesy. Again, as you give away, so you will receive. So all of these 70 elders with Moses, they all had to give away their time, their heart, their prayer towards the building of the body, right? And so um, he's, So what he's saying here in Acts 2.42, I'm setting up the form. When you set up the form, guess what happens? I will add to you daily. But guess what happened in, in six? He said, now I want you to begin to put in levels of leadership that are then going to take care of the needs of the people. When that happens and the people actually begin to get in the place where God has them within the community, he multiplied them. When the form is in place, addition happens. We're back to math. When, when every person is in place, multiplication happens. Come on. So this place in this city, getting people encountered and seeing the face of Jesus and being transformed by the nature of God, the reality of God, the power of God cannot happen until you take your place on the wall. I need you. To be a part of this body so that the, the, very way, the, the very purpose of God in Dallas, Texas, the very purpose of God of establishing a house of prayer can be made manifest in Dallas. Because Dallas is crying out, not for religion, but Dallas is crying out for the man Jesus who will transform them and set them free. And we are either going to be agents of change or we're going to go and hide in fear like the rest of the body of Christ. So, what we're going to do now, we've had the word of the Lord, praise Jesus. I'm actually going to um, bring up some of our leaders, and this is what we're going to do next. Um, everybody um, gets to play at the playground. Yeah. Whether you're going to be in charge of the swing set with the children's ministry, which, by the way, is so much fun. I was actually tossing them all into the air, which was completely exhausting. Oh, my gosh. You do one, like you throw one baby in the air, they all want to be thrown. Now, like a line forms, and you're going, i got to work out more <laughs> if I'm going to serve in the children's ministry. <clears throat> okay, so can I get, uh, uh, I want you to raise your hands if you feel called to the children's ministry. Right, no one. <laughs> exactly what I thought. 
<clears throat> All right, let me explain this to you. Let me just explain this to you. Uh, very few people have been called to the children's ministry. Um, but I love what, what uh, Bill Johnson says. You know, cleaning the uh, toilets is the back door to the throne room. <clears throat> Changing diapers, back door to the throne room. And um, John and I served in the children's ministry for six years. Was I called to the children's ministry? Nope. But it was a place of preparation. And what I did is I served the needs of the house so that um, the house could grow and the house could prosper. Um, did I need a nap afterwards? Yes. But as I gave, so I got. As I gave in the place where nobody could see me, I wasn't preaching the gospel. But because I served in that place, excuse me, because I served in that place, I actually now I'm standing before you in the very thing that I'm called to do. But I spent years serving and in the invisible place. So I just really want to encourage you that, um, you know, as Jesus washed the disciples' feet, so we're called to go throw the kids in the air. And, and you know, you can make it fun. It will be what you say it is. If you come in with a grumpy attitude going, oh, I have to serve the kids today. I wish I was in the main service with those other people. Oh, I can't believe I have to, ugh. But if you say, I am going to make this, I'm going to be the best, the most fun person back there, and I'm going to get those kids, and I'm going to bless them so much, and I'm going to prophesy over them. I'm going to lay hands on them. We're going to have the best time. So I went back there the other day, and I was like, hey, who wants to fly? Come on. <laughs> And once a month. We just need you once a month. Oh, you know, it's not a huge commitment. It's just a little. So anyway, everybody gets to give. We've got the prayer room. I'm going to call the prayer room uh, leader up. I'm actually leader of the prayer room. And um... <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm, no, let me rephrase that. Sorry, Jen. Jen's like, whatever, I'm over here. <laughs> Jennifer Robert um, is assisting me in that. In fact, she's actually doing all the work. Can we just give her a hand? <clears throat> so uh, what we're looking for is intercessors to help us in the evenings on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. Um, and so we really need to cover the issues of the day, don't you know? And so we need to get on the wall where we're supposed to be so that we can pull down strongholds and release heaven. And I'm telling you, man, you worship over anything, and guess what? It comes crumbling down. And so um, uh, Jen is going to be outside, and, and so all of our places for uh, volunteer opportunities are going to be in, outside. If you are not connected here, um, I just really encourage you and admonish you in the, in the most serious way that I can. And the thing is, is that if you're like, well, I don't really feel like doing that, I'm, or I don't have time to do that, I'm telling you, you don't have time not to do this. Because when you give, it will be given back to you. And if you give your time, your time will actually be multiplied. Your finances will be multiplied. Your relational blessings will be multiplied. Your health will be multiplied. I'm telling you, this is a principle in the kingdom. And as you actually become part of a family, you don't look over and see the person that's running it completely dead on the inside and giving words that belong to other pastors. You know, there's like, you can go online and look for other 
messages. They have them all online. Because that's what a lot of people do because these pastors are so worn out. But I want to give fresh manna that I have labored in prayer and encounter over because that's what you deserve. That's what I deserve. That's what Jesus wants for us. And so if everybody does a little, then not, uh, there's not one person that does a lot. I just want to commend Jessica, who is our children's pastor. Can, would you stand up, Jessica? Yeah, thank you, baby. She is phenomenal. She actually has a five-fold ministry teaching gift. She is one of the most creative women I've ever met. And the way that she creatively wants to uh, bring life back there to our kids just really blesses my heart. And I'm so thankful um, that, that, um, that God has put her over our children. But I have to tell you that there are so many times when volunteers will um, call at the last minute and cancel on her. And so what happens when that happens, guys, is that um, she ends up serving all the time and she never gets fed. And I don't want to lose the blessing that the Lord has brought to us, but I want to be a family and say, you know what? We need to get shields up around this children's um, rooms. And we need to all uh, take responsibility for raising the kids that are, uh, that are uh, in, our, in our body, in our family. It takes a village and a community to raise our kids. And we're all invested in seeing that that happens and that they're all okay. So I want, um, here's what I want to do. Um, uh, Jessica, Jen, come up here. Because the word said that the leaders are supposed to lay hands on those that are, are uh, layers in the body. So what I'm doing is I am actually, uh, I am actually anointing you to be a leader in the body. You Listen to the Holy Spirit in prayer. We're going to go back into some worship. Actually, uh, uh, Mason's going to put on some worship. Not you, Jeremy. Mason's going to put on worship. And, and I want you to ask the Lord where he wants you to serve, to lead you in a place where you can give yourself away. The personality of Jesus that is within you can be given away to a place in this house. Now, if you don't feel like you're called to this house, I, I just bless you, and I, and I want to encourage you to get plugged in to another place because you need to be connected somewhere because the days of trouble are upon us. And if you are not connected, I'm telling you, and being an island right now is not wisdom, okay? I want the life group leaders to come up. We have six life groups. All of these life groups. I wish I could go to all six of these life groups. They're phenomenal women and, and men of God that will, that will help to grow you in your giftings. You'll learn to prophesy. You'll learn uh, how, to, how to love. You'll learn um, how to raise the dead. You'll learn how to, how to heal people. So I encourage you to get connected. But most of all, when you're hurting and you have a problem in your life, you know that you have family that are really intimate with you that can help you through that problem.